Amen. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Thanks, Pastor Rich. If you're a guest, thank you for coming out. You can see we love to worship God and have fun. And I hope you remember every announcement that was said because it gets worse from this time forward. Just kidding. <laughs> but really, uh, thank you, Khalil. I love that stuff. Anyway, before I get going in our message series, we are in a message series called Outrageous Joy. I want to do now, I just want to call attention to some special people in the room, some veterans. This is Veteran Day's, Veteran Day's weekend. And I really want to get, if you're active duty, if you served any capacity, civilian, um, status, uh, still working, but you're retired when you, uh, of the armed forces, will you please stand wherever you are? <laughs> keep standing, keep standing. Y'all got to do better than that. Come on now. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray, but I really want to say this. A lot of people don't get to say this to you. They try to do it once a year, give you a free meal, but that doesn't really carry over what you've done and what you continue to do. And even if you're retired, you're still a military person because it's in you. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the things. That I think um, um, Dr. Kelly said, well, there's obscure things that take place that no one understands. Uh, your deployments, your stretching, your family separating, those things that you, that you actually sacrifice for the betterment of other people. Yeah. And there's a scripture in, um, first in John 15, 13. It says, greater love has no one than this, than someone to lay down his life for his friends. Wow. Got to recognize that, that this is actually like the gospel. Jesus yeah. gave, laid down his life for his friends. You lay down your life every time you showed up, put on a uniform, and you go to places no one else wants to go. Mm. And to protect the people, some, some who might not even appreciate it mm. at the moment. And I just want to say, Thank you. Mm. What you do, mechanically, it's also a spiritual thing. Wow. I've known when we deployed around the world, there were some places that we went to. You can tell Jesus was not in the place, but the blessing is I know in our ministry, wherever the military is, is where we follow when they leave out. Wow. We plant churches after that because you guys open up. You guys are missionaries. You open up doors that no one can open up. What is as peacekeepers, but really you lay down peace so we can bring the gospel. And I thank you for sharing the gospel because you're a missionary for us. And I appreciate you and love you dearly. Let's gonna, if you guys, anybody stand next to them, we're going to do, if you're a guest, just come out and lay hands on them. And again, every day, uh, if you realize the sacrifices they've had and the people who are in right now, those who are downrange right now that we don't know are serving right now. And we know the suicide rates are up. Um, and we've been praying for God to uh, make sure, we're just asking God to show his mercy and show his grace upon people and, and let that the enemy snuff out those our, our amazing heroes. And Father, I thank you this morning for this amazing group of people. A group of people that really people don't really understand. They see them on the outside, but they don't understand what happens on the inside. And their lives, giving their lives uh, for the betterment of other people. They lay down their lives every day they get up. It's more than a job. They don't get paid for half amount of what they do. But Father, I, they're serving you. And Father, they serve you, they serve their country. And I thank you, Father, for all the sacrifices. I thank you, Lord God, for all that they've given up, I actually restored a hundredfold. Father, I pray and I thank you for these amazing heroes. People don't know how to find heroes, but we're surrounded with them in Abilene, Texas, the Dias Air Force Base. So, Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, family. Thank you. Amen. All righty. If you've been coming 
This is actually our second um, installment of Outrageous Joy. And the whole about this series, about this time of year, we want to talk about how everyone tries to package joy in a pill, try to package joy in things, but then we want to really realize the true joy of Jesus Christ, uh, where our true joy comes from. Last week, we talked about how to be rejoicing in exhaustion. And today, we're going to hit a hard one, okay? We've all been there. We all might be still there right now. That word anxiety. Joy and anxiety. Anxiety is one of the biggest things that uh, are sapping our joy. Actually, in, our, in America, the U.S. leads worldwide, they call it that worldwide anxiety epidemic. They call it epidemic. And the United States leads it, along with France, I mean, along with uh, Greece. Our stress levels and worry levels, anxiety levels at 59% that beats the world, and Greece is right behind us at 55%. What this means is, despite we have a growing economy, how many agree with, that, agree with that? Adults in the U.S. are more worried, stressed, and angry. These rates of stress and worry, 45% are the high when compared to polls over 12 years ago. And anger, everyone wants to anger, anger, is at its highest level since 2006, at 22%. The percentage of Americans who experienced stress and worry was 20 points higher than the global average. About, and I wrote, I wrote this down. I read some of this. I want to show you something here in my notes. Since about 65% of the people between the ages of 15 and 49 reported stress, and 51 reported worry. The youngest Americans are the most angry at a rate of 32%. And we've seen it play out. I laughed at something yesterday I shouldn't have laughed at until I got up this morning and Lord convicted me. Seeing the violence over a chicken sandwich. Popeye's chicken. You're trying to, you're trying to wrap your mind around it. It's a chicken sandwich. And then you turn on the TV, everyone's screaming at each other trying to say the same thing. And everyone's angry. And I experienced that here in our city. They're angry. You know what that is? That's just really a symptom of anxiety. Yeah. Anger everywhere. No one talks to one another. They talk at each other. And you can get drawn into an argument very quickly unless you're the one, the peacekeepers or the peacemakers that we draw back and say, forget about it. It's not, is, is it really that important? Wow. On a scale of 1 to 10, is it really going to change my life? No. But people are ang anxious, and they're also anxious... <laughs> for joy. I realized this, this year, everyone, about 600 people had trunk or treats. Right? And depending on your, your, your uh, conviction level. They had trunk or treats. And everyone got home and they got all the candy out and no one showed up. Why? Because everybody went to trunk or treat. Why? Trunk or treat um, represented community. They had fun. Now they have all that candy. But no one came to your house anymore because of the fact they went to trunk or treat. It's no fun at the house. We can go to a gathering because we can feel good for one evening. Even though it's freezing, it's the worst day of the year, we're going to go get some candy. And your parents said, yay. It's a symptom of anxiety. I'll give you some symptoms that you might have said, feeling nervous, restless or tense. Always having a sense of impending danger, panic, or doom. 
having an increased heart rate, breathing rapidly. Now I'll explain some of that during this sermon series. Also, having trouble sleeping, feeling weak or tired, having trouble concentrating to think about anything other than that present worry that's before you. See, worry is about what's before you. Anxiety is about what's, before, um, what's out there. And they come together. They work together, a great team. Having the urge to avoid things that trigger anxiety. And we all been there. And some of us are there right now. Apostle Paul, as we said, we're going to go to the book of Philippians. Dealt with that. We're going to be in chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. The very, very beginning, two of his leaders are fighting. Two women are fighting in the church. The church leaders, they're fighting. They cut it out. <laughs> Give them grace. Stop fighting. Stop, and you're stressing everyone out. <laughs> and he comes back. If you got your Bible, we'll start in verse 4, 4 through 9. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is our hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, everyone say the peace of God. Praise God. Which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, I mean, no, God's worthy of praise. (laughs) Think about these things. What you have learned, what you have heard and seen, practice these things. Let's pray. Father, I ask you now in the name of your, your son, you come. Speak to our hearts. If we're feeling anxious, Father, I pray your peace comes. And you are, the peace of God comes. Father, you are the God of peace. So come, Lord Jesus, this morning as we talk about this issue. And we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, I told you earlier, it's a personal letter from Paul. He planted this church on his second uh, missionary journey. It's a very personal letter because he had great friends there who supported his missionary journeys everywhere he went. And he always wanted this church to succeed. And what he did, he used what we call the epistles, the letters that go around. And he read this, he got this to the the Philippi church. Philippi held a a very special thing in his heart. And I'll get to it. When I get to the end of the message, I'll tell you about it. But when he starts off in the very beginning, which we don't understand sometimes, Verse 4, when he says, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice, that's not a recommendation, that's a command. He's commanding us to do that. He's commanding you to go beyond happiness. Because you know happiness is a feeling, don't we? Because it depends on what happens. Now joy is a conviction. It's a conviction of, even though I'm going through something, with all the circumstances, I know that God is in complete control. So I have conviction in my mind not to, uh, not to worry because it's a conviction in my heart. Joy is conviction. I don't lose a conviction, but a feeling will go up and down. And really, my conviction depends on my relationship with God. Happiness depends on what happens, good or bad. Joy depends on my relationship with God. And I can have joy because I ha- we heard it this morning a hundred times. I can have, my circumstances may change, but God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I can put my hope and I can put all my feelings on what doesn't change. I can't put it on something that will change. Amen? 
That's amazing. So it's a conviction. And then he says rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in, in, thing, in a chicken sandwich. Don't rejoice in a relationship. Rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because he is the source of joy. Right? Now, we can rejoice in what? The character of God. His character is impeccable, isn't it? It's, he is dependable, isn't he? God's faithful. Everybody say God's faithful. God's faithful. Right. Now, he also says this in verse 5. <laughs> Which we, sometimes we live. He said, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. What he's saying is, as you trust me, now you need to imitate me. Wow. So I want you to do this. I want you, in that word, I want you to be gentle. Hey, I want you to be calm. When everyone's going crazy, we, someone needs, well, I love what Dr. Phil said, someone needs to be the adult in the room. Someone needs to be the calm voice that you go to that settles things. And why? We can be subtle because we are his sons and daughters, and we know he's in control. Everything else is temporarily spinning out of control. Like God doesn't know. But we know him. So we can, he says, I want you as believers, when the people see you, they'll see a calm you. If someone just, ha- just, just tells you off and just, oh, cuts you off, and you got to be, ah. can't be the New Yorker. <laughs> right, Michelle? That's right. That's the first thing God has to read out of me, that New York style. Yeah, you can't go back at them. You got to back off. And I learned that in New York when I go back once in a while. People going crazy in the subway. I just look at them. Now, if they come close to me, I'll lay hands on them and pray. Because <laughs> that's what you do. But she said, I want you to be, let, 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 let me be seen in you. In the midst of chaos. In the midst of unsurety. Because everyone's angry because of, of the future. What they're angry about is the future. They don't know what the future holds. Election year is coming up. A lot of things are taking place. A lot of arguing back and forth. You have a lot of gadgets that tell you, have their opinions. You can suck that in and you can figure that out. I have my own too. You don't know what it is. And everything's going this fast. And you can be calm because I know the truth. At the end of the day, I'll be with him. In fact, at the end of the day, I understand that he's doing this for our benefit so we can be reasonable around people. Who the peacemakers? We are. Amen? That's cool. I like that. I love that. See, now, when I read this thing, I see a joy and peace of best friends. You see, joy and peace are like best friends. You're like, you can't have joy without peace. And this whole um, part of this, the part of section of this says, peace with self. Now, here's the amazing thing about peace with self. If you don't have peace with self, you're not going to have peace with anybody. <laughs> you realize that? You don't have peace with self. Nothing's peaceful around you. But since I know the God of peace, who gives me peace, when I'm settled, everything else around me settles. Now, how many parents, you got babies, when they fall and they hit their nose, hit their, and, and you're like, you got to go, because if you go crazy, what happens? They just fall out, and you're like, and they got to say, there's nothing happening. Yeah, but they saw your face. They saw your face. You have to be calm. I got part of my finger cut off, doing something I shouldn't have been doing, breaking a rule. 
helping, helping someone else because I wanted to go home. It's Friday. Part of my finger slid off. So I said, I got to go to, I'm okay, I can't believe it's Friday, man, and I got the weekend, and my finger's hanging off. So I, I, the doctor said, you must have been in shock. Now I was really mad. So, <laughs> so I get in the car. I said, all right, you got to take me. So the young airman gets me in the car. The guy helped, the one who's responsible for my finger coming off. And he gets in the car. He's, he's about to crash. I said, look, look. I said, look, man, it's your finger ain't hanging off. He said, oh, my God. So I said, let me know. Okay, your finger's not hanging off. <laughs> I got to get to the hospital. Relax. I'm okay. They're going to shoot me up in a minute. Don't worry about it. And he, I had to stay up four hours until they, you know, they kept giving me Demerol and Demerol and Demerol. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever you do, let's take the whole finger off. I don't care anymore, right? But <laughs> had to be calm. And when you see people you work with, and you have to really not laugh sometimes because you get, is it really important? And can you really, here's a question I want to ask each and every one of you. Can you change it? List, when you get into that mode, list the things you can control. And how many know 90% of that is nothing except yourself? Isn't that amazing? I'm helping someone here, right? Because <laughs> you, can't, you can't change them, only Jesus can. But they ain't going to know Jesus if you're going with them. But if you're calm, they're going to say, why are you so calm? Let me tell you why. Have a cup of coffee. Let me show you what this is about. They might say, I don't like believing that, but I am doing better than you are. <laughs> you can see, when you look at verse 6, joy and peace are experienced through prayer. Prayer is our best friend. Look at 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your quest be known to God. And the peace of God, comma. But he says to worry or to be anxious or not to be anxious means this. When he talks about anxious, he's talking, this is how the word means this. You're being pulled in two different directions. Your faith is pulling you one way and the anxiety is pulling you that way. And it's pulling you apart. That's what he's talking about, the worry. He said, church, I know you're being persecuted right now. But you got to stay in the hope and the faith of Jesus. Not, don't, let that, don't let the circumstance pull you apart. Which I think the very reason why the uh, leaders were fighting because they were probably going through some stress and some worry and wow. they were being pulled apart. Wow. That's why he started verse 1 and 2 about, hey, you do too late, stop it. Pray for them, Clements. He brought Clements into it. We need to bring peace. I think whenever there's chaos, if, you, if you're caught up in it, we start arguing with one another. It will pull you in one direction, anxiety the other way. Now, he said to be not anxious about anything means to be prayerful about everything. Now, here's, a, here's, a, here's a, I want to give you something simple. Will you just get used to giving everything to God? Wow. Tell him everything. He that can take it, take it. In fact, he knows it before you say it. He just wants you to, he wants you to rehearse it and say it. Wow. It's a relationship. It's a conversation with God. You get to talk to him every single day. Going to work, coming home, wherever you are. Take everything to God, he's saying. Take your worries, take your anxiety to God. Don't take it to other people who have anxiety. If you're getting divorced, do not go to the divorce experts who are already divorced. If you're going broke, don't go to people who are broke. <laughs> go to one who takes care of that. Right? 
Now, I love Matthew 6, 25. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What are we anxious about? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? What's going to wear? My house. He says, he said this in that scripture later on. He said, you know, the pagans worry about that. My people don't. Pagans do, but my people don't. Why? Because I already know your needs. Now, you still pray for your needs because he loved to hear that. But he already knows your needs. And he'll meet your need. And he always says, seek thee first the kingdom of God first. And then all those needs and all those things will be, what? Taken care of. And when he means seek the kingdom of God, he means seek the way God does things. How does he do things? His way. But it's always, he always provides provision right on time. How many amens can I get on that? Yeah. Now, here's what he says. I want you to pray right. Word prayer. Because he breaks it down. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Prayer. Adoration. God, you're amazing. Hallowed be that name. You're, you're awesome. You're high. I'm worshiping God in my first part of my prayer. God, you're so amazing. I'm not asking anything. Just can I be in your presence? I am enjoying this. Really, I have, no, I have some things I'm going to get. But I need to get in your presence first and enjoy this. And the more I'm in your presence, the more my anxiety level goes down. And then I'll stop at that. He says, supplications. Then I bring the request to him. But I already know you, I give you requests. You already got it handled because you're God and you're mighty. You, every, you, you spoke the word, world into existence with a word. Your breath gives life. When I read your word, it's breath to my soul. Now I'm supplic- I, I have these needs, but I want to pray for other people's needs also. And you already know them, God, because you're mighty. But I want to remind you of your word. And I start praying the word of God, which is very powerful because sometimes I don't know what to pray. And then I get into that last part, Thanksgiving, which, hey, can you tell them how much you appreciate them? Tell them how much you appreciate God. That three levels of praying. I love what James says. You, get not, you don't have anything because you ask wrong. You come to God with the request first versus worship, supplication. <laughs> I'm going to thank you. Because I already have it. Now, when you deliver it, I'm still going to be excited because I already have it. And we all have prayer line. We have a prayer need. But the Thanksgiving is amazing. I appreciate you, God. Thank you. Thank you for breath this morning. Thank you for life this morning. That's what he says. And what's happening to me? peace because I'm focused on him his presence starts to give me peace and when I have peace I don't know about you you get in the spirit don't you smile a lot you're like this is awesome man I don't want I don't want want to go to work now (laughs) you know like I gotta go to work oh my goodness right even in the car people say why are you crying in the car I'm just I'm at the light and God's amazing (laughs) my car (laughs) I can do what I want you want to get in the car and experience this presence of God? Well, I'm, I'm funny. I'm having fun. Right. It's not happiness. It's coming out of my soul. I love what he says in Isaiah 26.3. He says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind stayed on you because he trusts in you. Yeah. My mind has to be stayed on him. Now my circumstance, now my worries and my anxiety. If I keep looking at them, I'm not going to make what I need. To, I'm not going to get nothing done. Because I mean, no, there's always something going on. Yeah, yeah. Are you praying for perfect um, 
Um, you pray, you, you're praying. I know a lot of us pray, Lord, remove this. <laughs> and you're like, it gets stronger, don't it? Because peace is not contingent on everything okay. You have peace in the midst of craziness. And it'll always be like that. Jesus was surrounded with them. He had the 12 that didn't understand him. He had the Pharisees and the Sadducees who wanted to kill him. And you had the people who only clung on to him because they want something. Mm. What, a, what a crowd. He had to, he had to stay peaceful. Amen? Amen? Then I look at something else when you look at joy. Now, joy is, when you get joy and peace, is Again, they're best friends, and I love this part about joy and peace or experience through prayer. Joy is protected by peace. Your joy is actually protected by peace. Look at this in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, in John 14, chapter 27, Jesus said, look, I'm about to go. The peace that I give you is not the peace that the world gives you, because the peace the world gives you is contingent on good things. The peace I give you is supernatural. That's what he's saying. I'm going to give you a supernatural peace. What do you mean supernatural, Pastor Rich? What I mean is this, basically, that it, it surpasses my understanding. I don't even understand sometimes I have peace. When I should not have peace. He also says that in Ephesians 3.19. He says, I want you to experience the love that's beyond my comprehension. A lot of us don't understand God's love for us. Because you think you're too far, you messed up too much. No, you didn't. You the, it's so high for us to understand. It can only be caught through a revelation, not through education. And the peace is only through revelation. That's a supernatural peace in the midst of a storm, in the midst of things going wrong. And you've been at work when you show up, everyone's going crazy, and you stand there, what is going on? And they'll say, hey, and you'll say, let's do this, and just do that, and just do that. Now, I'm going to go get my coffee. If you're still here, I'm shooting it. No, I'm just kidding. But, and you're saying, how do I have that peace? I didn't catch that. Because you caught God first. We're working in it. It's a lot of things you give yourself credit for. A lot of you have been through some things. You didn't run. You're still here. I know some of your stories. You're still here. Something kept you here. And now you, you can tell when peace takes it because you can tell the story and it doesn't rattle you. Yeah. Amen? So we look at that now. Now, uh, okay, that word peace means this. It doesn't just stop there. It says protect your mind and your heart. It's a military term. It's like a military Say something happens in the courthouse and the military surrounds it to keep the enemy out of it. They're protecting it. What happens is the peace of God will protect your heart and mind and not let the enemy come in with doubt, not the enemy come in with anxiety, not the enemy come in with condemnation, not the enemy come in. That peace surrounds it like a garrison. It's like a, it's a garrison. The word means garrison. A bunch of, there's a bunch of angels surrounding your, 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 around you saying they're not getting in. And also don't stop in there. I love in um, Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of God rule your heart. That word rule means umpire. It means arbitrator. So he's calling the strikes. He's calling it out. No, no, you're not getting, nope, out, out, doubt, out, anxiety, out, condemnation, out. He's calling it for you. You're surrounded with it. Now, here's the difference. When you're dealing with anxiety, 
There's another thing called in warfare since it's Veterans Day called siege warfare where the enemy surrounds you and waits and cuts off all supply that you need to survive. And you, can't, you won't come out because you're scared. You have anxiety. He cuts you off and he just waits until you fall. He wants to strangle your freedom. He wants to strangle your peace. So he surrounds you and he will choke you off until you cave in. Now, if you have a problem reading your Bible and you're always saying, well, I seem to something keeps getting in my way, he's working on it. He's working on it until you're dry, until you have nothing left to give but dust. And then you fade away and no one knows where you are because he's very strategic in that. So when you read your Bible, you understand, I'm sur now that enemy is surrounded with the real enemy. The garrison's like, you need to get away from here. We have control of this, of, this, of this property. I'm God's property. You need to go. You see what I'm saying? It's spiritual. It's spiritual. Two type of warfare. Siege warfare and the garrison protection. When someone says they're dry and they have nothing, you've been letting the enemy choke you off. You have no joy. I can't smile anymore. He choked you off. Something just, he's strangling you. And God says, no, you need to thrive, not just, and then we come up with this theology of surviving. I'm just making it, brother. No, you were called to thrive, man, not survive. They survive, we thrive. Because we always have, a, and we always have a supply coming into us. He's never cut off. Last one is, I got to get through this. Praise God. Verse 8. Joy and peace are perfected through practice. Everyone say practice. practice. Now, we heard a young man say this years ago. Pat, you talking about practice? Man, practice. I'm talking about the game, man. You talking about practice? Do you know what you're doing now is practice? For what you're going to do when you get in front of Jesus? Do you know worship is practice here? When you get up there, you're going to be doing 24-7? You better get your lungs done right now here. Perfected now, so you can do it up there. Do you know serving is practice? Because if you can't serve in a church, you won't serve outside the church. It's practice. Now he said, now really, it's perfected. He said, finally, my brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, what you learned, received, and heard, and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. He says, think about these things. It means to give proper weight to and value to. It really means to meditate on that. How many know that needs, you need practice in that? Because we, we're so surrounded with technology, we can meditate on the wrong thing. On the wrong thing. So you got to adjust your heart. In your mind to see the thing, the beauty in things again. Because it's getting just weird sometimes. I mean, I'm having lunch today with the boomers. We call ourselves the boomers. Well, just lately, the boomers, now that's a, I guess, a derogatory comment. I don't care if anyone call me a boomer, but now I got, we got to talk about it because it's going to go in the dictionary now as a derogatory 
Really? Now you're taking my boomer away from me? <laughs> Is it really that important? <laughs> right? But I see something. When you don't know who you are, you'll make sure everyone else doesn't. You got to discipline your thoughts. Now, these three words I want you to write down because we're all there. I will give you something here today. You're going to go home and read my Bible every day and every day read my Bible, and you'll stop in two days. There's a desire in each and every one of us to do something great. Amen? To start a habit. We all have a desire. We do it January 1st. I'm going to lose weight, and then February 1st, ah, it's getting hard. Why? Because you go from desire to discipline. Now, I'm giving you some military terms. But we need to know that because they used to teach that in school. They don't do that anymore. You have a discipline stage that a lot of people stop because we'll say, well, that's just works, Pastor. No, no, it's for your own benefit because it's the breath of God. You got to be in his words. You got to be in his presence. You got to be with his people. A discipline place, and if you stay in the discipline stage long enough, it becomes a desire. It becomes a desire. It go, I mean, I'm sorry, it becomes a delight. Thank you, because you're looking at me like, it becomes a delight from desire to discipline. Now it's delightful to get up and read my Bible. It's delightful for me to get up and pray. It's delightful to be around people. Why? It started as a desire. I love discipleship. It's a, it becomes a discipline. The man becomes a delight. Don't quit in your discipline. Because you need what you quit on is what you need the most. Think about it. He said what you learned and received and heard and seen, he wants you to take your knowledge and turn it into wisdom. Wisdom is nothing but knowledge played out. He don't want you to know it. He wants you to live it. And who do you know that is disciplined in the word? Who do you know that loves prayer? Who do you hang out with them? Or what they talk about, you see in them. Don't run to those who aren't, and don't get mad if they do. They need to pull you up. I became a great ball player because I got beat at a young age all the time. I, talk, I play with guys this big. I'm the guy they said, well, I'm, t I'm choosing him, 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 and the other guy will say, well, I guess I only got him. I said, that's cool. It's my ball, so I'm going to play. And I learned how to play that, and I learned how to play chess from being beaten. But I work with people who are doing it well. It's intimidating to our soul, but it's so beneficial. Make sense? And you'll realize when you do these disciplines and it becomes a delight, you'll realize peace is not an object. Peace is a person. Peace is not a concept. Peace is a person. I got to get to the person of Christ every single day. He's a person I need to be with. I desire to be with him. And the disciplines that he hands out in discipleship, I'm going to follow. And it's a delightful when I'm in his presence. Tracking with me? And you realize anxiety is gone, but my joy it never wavers because I'm with him. I'm not going to create a system to get to him. It's just been me getting up and being with him. He did all the work for me to enjoy. Amen? reason why I'm going to share this 
And I'll, I'll close since I'm late. Paul, Philippians Church was very special to Paul. It's connected. Whenever you read the epistles, you'll see that in the book of Acts, it's connected to the book of Acts. Paul and Silas went to go preach in Philippians. They met a young lady who was in divination. She was almost a witch. She was calling them out. These are the guys from God. And he got mad and said, well, just quiet. So all the power left her. Well, when she left, the power left her. Everyone's finances went bad. So they decided, well, I'm going to take these two guys, bring them in the center of town, right, and beat them. Then I'm going to throw them in the inner jail, and then I'm going to shackle them to the inner jail. How many know that's not a good day? How many know Silas had to look at Paul and say, I don't feel no joy about right now. I don't, I don't see anything good about this. <laughs> and they said, well, this one, it gets crazy. Because then you know they have something in them. They start praying. They start singing hymns. And said, all the prisoners heard it. Next thing you know, this is about midnight. Next thing you know, there's an earthquake. And all the shackles fall off. And the guard, the head of the, uh, of the prison, went to kill himself because if, if the prisoners escape, his leader will kill him. Paul said, don't kill yourself. We're all here. How come them prisoners didn't leave? They let their reasonableness be known to God. Them songs penetrate their soul. These cats got something going on. I'm sticking with them. Because what happened, the jailer came out, what must I do to be saved? He never asked the question. He just saw the power of God in him. See, some of us might feel like we're in a prison, but guess what? When's the last time you prayed? Guess what? When's the last time you worship and believe God? The more I'm in a jam, the more I sing. When my mother had cancer, you know what she did for 13 years? She sung a song. She sung a song. In those days, you sing a song, honey. Sing a song. I said, That's, I'm going to sing a song. And she felt bad. She got went to work. You sing a song. You worship God. They prayed in the midst of stuff. Don't go to people who aren't doing it. Go to your father who knows how to get you out. They didn't leave. And then Paul says, I'm not leaving. I just got broke out. I'm not leaving until your whole family's saved. In the midst of being beaten. Now, I'm talking about beaten. 40 lashes. Beaten. That's why it's joy. They had joy in their face in the midst of. Silas had said, oh, I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, I see what you, oh, yeah, I see what you're talking about now. Yeah, I know. What, what does that mean? It means this. Joy in the Lord. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm not going to regret my circumstances. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everyone here. Some, I'm not even going to point you out if you're dealing with anxiety. I pray you take this word, go home with it. Get in your Bible. Read your Bible every day, and every day I read my Bible. <laughs> Why? Because it's the breath of God that changes my life. It's living and active. Father, your presence is amazing. Let us experience your presence in a new way that you examine. Father, we live thriving, not surviving, God. You don't desire us to be dry. You, thought you desire us to be full, full of the Holy Spirit. And I declare right now, those in here dealing with anxiety, 
are full to the overflow with your presence. Let them know you love them. Let them know your peace is beyond understand. Try to, you just tell them, stop trying to understand me because I understand you fully. And we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.